Hello, this is Judy Barkoviak, NLP and EFT Kids. I thought I'd read to you today, actually, from my book, Confidence for Kids, How to Boost Your Child's Confidence. And it's from chapter four, uh, Communicating Their Language. And it's all about the NLP meta programs. And like a lot of NLP, it has some sort of quite a lot of jargon, which can put people off. And one of the things I try to do is to communicate um, the basics, the basic principles and explain to you why they matter um, when you're talking to your child or indeed your teen. So um, what I'm going to explain hopefully will make um, sense and I'm hoping there might actually be the odd aha moment as you think, ah, right, so that's why that happens. Um, I I know when I trained with Sue Knight many moons ago, I had a lot of aha moments and uh, my poor kids um, sort of probably didn't know what hit hit them because uh, I was sort of NLPing them left, right and centre. Um, until in fact they were at that stage where it's like don't NLP me mum anyway here goes as well as children having a preference for visual auditory and kinesthetic which you'll have heard about at school I'm sure they also have what we call um, meta programs which define um, how they process their world and these are concept versus detail Choices versus process, towards versus away from, internal versus external, and match versus mismatch. There are others. Uh, Those are sort of the ones I think are most relevant. Now, these tend to be sort of, if you think of it like a continuum, um, and I'll explain that as I go through. So it's not a sort of binary thing, this or that. It's where where along that continuum your child sits in terms of how they like to process their world. So let's start with concept versus detail. Some children like to work in concepts with big general ideas and others like the detail and small bite-sized pieces of information. So if your child likes detail, for example, they can feel overwhelmed and out of their depth and lack confidence in situations where they have to come up with ideas. They would, of course, have far more confidence through working through the detail of someone's ideas. So similarly, those who like concepts, that's big picture, will lack confidence when they have to work in detail. So some children will lack confidence in some subjects and excel in others. No one way is better, and ideally teams at work or teams at school are made up of both types. If your child lacks confidence in one area, notice where their strengths lie and point them out. So one of the ways that I suggest to parents that they use this in a practical sense is to notice where your child and when your child seems to feel like out of their depth or confused or overwhelmed. I had a boy the other day um, who, when we were going through these, he decided he was very much, um, uh, I think, a a big chunk person, a, a 
big picture person. And when his mother was explaining things to him, she went into a lot of detail because she felt it was like being a good mom to explain exactly how things are, you know, and exactly what they were going to be doing. And they were going to be doing this. and They were going to be doing this. And he needed to take this and that and think about this. He just got lost along there somewhere um, and just completely forgot everything she said. And and she felt that he wasn't listening. But what it was is that the chunk size wasn't right. So bear in mind, you know, what does your child prefer? Do they feel more um, able to cope if they know exactly what's going to happen and all the detail? Or do they actually just want to get the general gist? You can chunk up from a small chunk by saying why that's important, what it means, etc. Um, so for example, if a child is feeling overwhelmed by all the detail of all their revision, the subjects they have to do, or all their homework, you can chunk up by saying what it's for. So maybe we've got mock GCSEs happening in some schools at the moment. So you chunk up to why this is important, you know, because, you know, they're going to be going on to A-levels, they're then going to go to university um, and, and then choose their subjects. So, you know, that's what it's all for. It's not for actually just the GCSEs in this moment and lots of them and all this revision of all these topics. There's actually a bigger picture there. If, on the other hand, your child is feeling overwhelmed by the big picture, you can chunk down to actually, okay, so just take that picture smaller, 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 to what's the first thing I need to do? What's the first step? What's the baby step to get started? Okay. Um, The next one is choices versus process. Some children like to have choices. Uh, They like to know what their options are and make choices. Um, Other children... Uh, prefer to just simply know they've got to do this, that and the other. So um, if you have a child that's choices um, and you know that they have to get out of the door by a certain time to get to school, you can't give them choices, um, but you can give them choices within the process. So are you going to put your shoes on first or are you going to get your your, um, homework book or you're going to get this or that, or, you know, do you want me to do this or that? So you give them a choice, but they still have to do the thing that you've asked. Um, whilst Where this is important is that a choices child, when not given a choice, can be quite stubborn and decide that their choice is going to be not to do it. And that isn't really an option if you're trying to get them to bed or trying to get them out the door or they need to do their homework. So I mean, one of the things I used to do with my kids, um, my choices ones, um, was um, to, to say sort of, you know, what snack would you like while you're doing your homework? Um, and that worked really well because they could then think about what they wanted. Do they want cheese on toast? Did they want a cheese sandwich? Did they want this or that or the other? And I would scurry off and get whatever snack. And meanwhile, they're getting on with their homework, perhaps not realising Um, that I've given them a choice within my process, which is it's homework time. (laughs) So um, you need to know, you know, so a choices child will be thrown by a process instruction, which is do this and then this, and a process child will be confused when given choices. 
I know one boy that I was working with um, was it was very much an aha moment because for him because he said that he was definitely processed and the way he knew that was that his mum every day said um, what would you like for, for for tea and he would just like I don't care and then she would say but you must have a choice would you like this would you like this and he said I really don't care just anything and and she felt that um, he was sort of being disrespectful because she wanted to to give him what she wanted, but she really didn't recognise that actually all it was was you know he didn't need or want a choice in that um, particular area. So their their reactions may seem like a lack of confidence, you know, if they're either choices and they're given process or processes and they're given choice you could they they might come across as stubborn or you know easily overwhelmed you know what's the problem why can't they make a choice when actually it's simply a different way that their brain works they're just getting frustrated uh, because the information isn't coming to them in um in the way that they prefer to process so just as your as your big chunk person will get overwhelmed by small chunk information your choices person will get overwhelmed by their process so do think as I'm going through you know what does my child prefer then we have towards and away from we tend to be either towards or away from um, so that is a bit more binary towards is when we have goals and things that we actively want to do so we're working towards something away from is where we want to avoid something so when your child is say slow getting dressed or we need to leave for school or work they might be slow because they want to carry on playing something so that's towards or it could be because they don't want to go to school which is away from and it's important to know actually you know what that is um, a towards child will respond best to talking about what they will what will be fun at school that day, maybe something they'll enjoy or a friend that they'd like to play with, um, because those are all towards things. And away from child re- needs to re- be reminded that if they don't hurry up, they will get into trouble at school for being late. That's away from. Their friends will be cross because they aren't there to play with them and so on. Um, so... Um, we need to know what they what language they need do they need to be reminded what they're working towards or what they don't want to happen so for instance with homework a towards child um, would be motivated by wanting to please the teacher or to to get it done quickly so that they can play on something or to talk to their friends or so what they will gain by doing it and doing it quickly and away from child needs to be reminded of what will happen if they don't do it and that'll be something that they don't want to happen so away from is when you know avoiding situations that are stressful or awkward um, so you know if you do this now the teacher won't get cross with you um, you know so it's uh, it's what they will uh, not want Um, And of course, children who are anxious um, tend to focus a lot on what they don't want. It's quite difficult for them to think of what they do want because the the motivation is always, although motivation is probably not quite right for an away from child, but what they're trying to avoid is those things that stress them out that they don't want. 
Um, and it's actually quite useful to um, just say to them, well, what do you want? You know, what are you looking forward to today? What will be great, you know, to, about today? Any favorite lessons, you know, favorite teachers who are you going to play with? Like, as I said, the next one is internal and external. This is about where your or center of sort of, if you like, validation comes from. Um, a lot of um, teens, uh, well, children and teens, I would say, tend to get their validation externally from social media, from their peer group, from their, you know, their friends and so on. And uh, so they really care what they think and what they say. Um, as opposed to internal, where we actually get our validation from ourselves and to what we think. So if an example of this might be if, say, your child has um, done a really great sort of essay or something like that in English, um, and the teacher maybe doesn't think it's quite as good as they could have done, but they think it is, um, you know, I've talked about feedback before, you know, uh, feedback will be very important to a child who is externally referenced, but less important to one who, that's internally referenced. And it's quite important to, um, to know where their point of validation or reference is, um, because we need to have access to both. We do need to care what other people think. But on the other hand, we also need to check in with ourselves and what we think. So if your child comes back from school saying such and such a person says I'm dumb or whatever, um, for you to rather than say, oh, that's nonsense, that's not true, to say, well, what do you think? Because they do need to be able to check in with themselves. Um, so, you know, if you're forever praising your child and, and so on, um, you're in a sense encouraging them to look for approval outside themselves, you know, your approval. And of course they want to please you, but it's actually quite a good thing as they get towards secondary school to start introducing to them the idea, well, what do you think, you know, how, and think about the feedback sandwich. I talked about that in another podcast, I think probably the last one. Um, think about you know what what you can say in terms of well, what did you think went well what do you think could have been better you know overall you know what do you you know what what went well in that situation with that homework with that interaction or whatever you know what do you think um, we don't want children to be completely internally referenced because obviously they wouldn't care what other people think and, and that's not what we want but certainly being able to sort of have that flex, you know, along that continuum um, and be aware of it yourself so that when you're talking to them, you do encourage them to be sort of able to think about what their own uh, validation, their own thoughts. Um, then there's match and mismatch. This is quite a, a challenging one, I think, um, partly because um, there seems to be less movement. It's a bit like towards and away from. There's a bit less movement along the continuum. Some children just naturally, or some, some people, obviously not just children, naturally want to connect, want to look for what's familiar, want to agree, want to, and what we call them is a yes and you know, they, they, they almost complete each other's sentences. They're almost body, um, sort of matching each other's body language. It's all about getting on with people, agreeing and so on. Even if they don't actually agree, it's really important to them to be seen to be matching and to agree. 
So we call that the matching one, and it's the yes and. Others um, want to disagree. They want to find what's wrong. You know, if everybody's playing one game, they want to play another game. Um, if, you know, everybody likes, you know, this is their favourite character, they choose a different one. Um, partly because they want to be different um, and also because they want to be completely honest it's much more important to them to say exactly what they think rather than actually get on with anyone. Um, and they are called the yes, but. Now, the interesting thing about the yes, but mismatch pattern is that there's a sort of link between um, those of us who are more scientifically minded tend to have a mismatch pattern. So if you think of, say, professions like sort of, I don't know, doctors, scientists and uh, and people um, in that sort of world, um, they're looking for what's wrong. They're trying to sort of correct. So a doctor, you, you they want to know what's wrong with you. They don't want to know what's right with you. Um, they want to know what's wrong. A scientist will be looking for what's wrong, um, what's different, um, because they're looking for understanding, for clarity, for explanations, for, you know, for, for that scientific thing. You know, if you're, for instance, um, I find that when I'm writing, because as you know, I've written quite a few books, when I'm in my writing phase, I'm very much um, matching because I'm trying to write stuff that uh, will connect to mums and dads and for them to, for things to resonate with them. So it's a matching when I'm editing, I need to be in a completely different space because there I'm looking for what's wrong, you know, grammar or repeated sentence or missing word. I'm looking for what's wrong. I find it quite hard to write and then edit. So what I do is I'll be in writing phase and then quite separately, in fact, I can, you know, I'm better to even go into another room and to have an, like my editing hat on. So if you've got a child that tends to go, yes, but, or in the school, but miss, you said, blah, 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 or or if that you know noticing what's wrong if you have a child that's noticing what's wrong they are not doing it just to be annoying or to you know to get your attention or anything they they're doing it for clarity they want to get really good understanding they're likely to have quite a scientific mind you know they may be you know become some sort of incredibly famous and wonderful scientist one day of course in the short term though they can struggle a bit um sometimes with friendships where you know you're trying to find things you have in common with somebody um your mismatched child is always going to find stuff that isn't isn't common and also when it comes to making you know like a move to another school they'll find what's wrong with the school or what's different as opposed to, um, you know, what's similar. So they're already on the sort of watch out for, for things that aren't right. So I'm hoping, I mean, there are the meta programs. Um, obviously, um, any of my books go through the meta programs. I, I would say that Be a Happier Parent with NLP is particularly good for that. Um, and uh, the book I was sort of reading from, although not really, I was sort of looking at it and talking to you really, um, is Confidence for Kids. Um, I've got other books. Um, if you want a workbook that um, your child can go through and find out for themselves, 
Um, NLP for children covers all of that. I think probably the one for tweens and the one for teens does too. But um, as you probably know by now, I do offer a 30-minute free chat, uh, which you can access via my website, which is Judy. J-U-D-Y, Bart Koviak, B-A-R-T-K-O-W-I-A-K.com. Um, so in the services section there, if you just click book a chat with me, uh, it'll take you to a calendar where you can just book yourself in. So please do that if there's anything about what I'm saying that you'd like to know more about or um, if you want to have a chat about anything to do with your child or teen. That would be great. Okay. Bye then.